Okay, Adzu, thanks for coming here. Uh, welcome to the Foolproof Mastery uh, podcast where I interview people who have like developed themselves in like the areas of sports, health, nutrition, self-development. So I'm really excited to have you here. Uh, we met when I was doing a, a competition in Nishatel. Uh, I casually saw you doing a, a one-arm front lever practice uh, between the <laughs> sessions. And so I got speaking to you, you're a very knowledgeable guy. And if I remember correctly, you came third place in the sets and reps, right? Yeah, third place in my category. Yes. Very good. So could you briefly introduce yourself? Like from what I know, you're from Costa, Costa Rica, but you, you moved to Zurich a few years ago and you are a... Exactly. Yeah. yeah. Well, first of all, thank you so much for everything, what you said. And thank you so much for also giving me the chance to be in your podcast. It's really nice from you. And yeah, during this competition, I was third place in my category, but um, there was two categories, I think under 70 kilos and over 70 kilos. So in general, I was actually fourth place in both categories, but in my category was third place. Yeah, and yeah, I'm from Costa Rica. Well, first of all, my name is Eduardo, as you said already. Um, I'm from Costa Rica and I came to Switzerland in 2018, in September actually. So now it's going to be four years. Um, and I came here because uh, my wife, she is from Zurich, and then that's the reason I came here. I got a job here, started my life here, and then more or less in 2019, more or less, is where I start going more into calisthenics. Because before I was just like a, mostly in the gym. But I think we're going to talk about it uh, after. So I'm not going to mention that part yet. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Yeah, and uh, I've actually been to Costa Rica. It's a really uh, beautiful country. So I hope you're missing it not too much. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's, it's a really different everything, culture and nature. But I mean, here you also have really beautiful landscapes. And, but yeah, I think the, the most different is the culture. And that's probably what I miss uh, the most. But I also like here, like, as I said, with the landscape, with the community we have in, in our sport, it's really nice. So, yeah. Very good. So which part of Costa Rica are you from? I am from the middle north middle part. North, okay. So, I'm, yeah, I'm actually not that close to the, to the sea. Like, probably the closest... Is like two hours and a half drive, something like that. But yeah, the um, we also have there like some jungles which are really nice. I love when I go there to go to the waterfalls and rivers, and yeah, it's it's really nice. And then at the same time, you are doing a little bit of sport, like while walking and everything, and it's really really beautiful. Yeah. Nice. And I've actually been to Costa Rica. I went on the the west coast. If I uh, so it was like Tamarindo all the way down to yeah. uh, to Santa Teresa for surfing, and it's super. Yeah, cool. Tamarindo is really nice. Yeah. yeah, I like. Since I'm in here in Switzerland, I actually every time I go to to Costa Rica for vacation, then I go to Tamarindo actually. <laughs> yeah, it's very good. And what I loved was like everyone says this phrase is called pura vida, 
I don't know if I'm yeah, pura vida, pura vida. It's like they say it for hello, goodbye. It's like the philosophy for everything, life, everything. Yeah. You can make a conversation with pura vida. Yeah. You can come to say someone to pura vida, and then he is gonna answer pura vida. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's your philosophy of life there. So yeah. So then, uh, like you came third place in in the Chateau. So you mentioned that originally you were very much in uh, in like into gym. So yeah. I'd like to know, yeah. Yeah, actually, like I started to go to the gym really young. I think I was like 15 years old, more or less. And then I was about like nine years probably going to the gym. And I mean, I already did some pull-ups, you know, like I always liked it in the gym not to only use machines. So I was also sometimes doing pull-ups, sometimes doing push-ups. Uh, also uh, like a, a little bit of body weight training, but mainly with weights. And yeah, then it was until I was here in Switzerland, as I mentioned before, like around 2019 or 2020, something like that, that I start, let's say, moving more into calisthenics. But yeah, this this time where I was in the gym, it was, you know, mainly used to, let's say, looks better and getting stronger. And that was, there was not any competition or anything, you know. And then sometimes I was leaving the gym for, I don't know, three months, four months, then coming back again, then starting again, and then leave it again for one month and then come back. So it was no, no regular, let's say, like that. Yeah, and then... Um, yeah, then I start moving more to, to calisthenics. Okay, so yeah. how old are you now? Now, actually today is my birthday. Oh, wow, happy birthday. <laughs> yeah, thank you. And I'm getting 27 today. Oh, yeah. 27, same age as me. So you've been doing calisthenics since 2018. And you, so you started gym, you said, for nine years. So how old were you again when you started the gym? I was 15, 15. years old. Okay. Oh, yeah, like... And I started then when I was 24, more or less, passing two calisthenics. That was, um, yeah, that was then in the 2019. And then, yeah, I have been now around three years uh, into calisthenics. Yeah. Okay. And yeah, like you mentioned that you originally started the gym for the more the appearance side. So I, exactly. I, I prefer more like the strength gains. Like I'll rather like not look good, but be super strong. Yeah. I like your yeah, I mean, actually, there is a funny story behind this, <laughs> behind the gym. I mean, the the initial motivation was to get stronger, actually. That was the, the initial motivation, to get stronger. But then once you are in it, then, I mean, this is a really common thing of the gym, that you get into this um, mood or whatever that you want to look better, you know? Like, it's a really... A gym thing you know gym thing that when you move to calisthenics street workout that's actually not one of the goals you know i mean for many people yes like let's say the sport make us look good but it's not one of the goals of the sports actually so it's a completely different idea let's say like that but yeah i mean actually when i started in the gym it was funny like i was back in costa rica and then i was in this kind of private school 
and I was moving to a public school, you know, and he had this reputation that there you have to fight, you know, <laughs> and then I started to go to the gym. Yeah. And I stayed there. I mean, my body changed a lot because in that time I was, uh, well, I mean, I am naturally, I am really like, let's say skin, skinny body. So my body was changing a lot and I think I kind of like it. So I kept going with the gym. Yeah. Okay, but now you're super strong anyway. Like I've seen your video <laughs> where you're doing like mu um, muscle up to front lever, like five, five, yeah. six reps. Yeah, yeah. That's, Thanks. That's super crazy. It's just, just, just a completely different sport, right? When you are from gym to calisthenics, for example. Yeah. And when you started calisthenics uh, uh, from the change of scenery, you moved to Switzerland. Did you follow any programs, or was it all? Did you teach yourself? Was it all independent learning? Yeah, I mean, like, I already had, let's say, knowledge because I, well, first of all, these nine years of being in the gym, right, I, let's say I had different instructors, you know, I was training with different people, and then I was learning from them, you know, plus I have always liked to also make a research by myself, so I was always learning. And then I had, let's say, this gym uh, system, you know, like mostly sets and reps, uh, knowing about the muscles, knowing about which movements will work which muscles, you know, which is actually generally not only for the gym. We also have the same in calisthenics. It's just not with the machines, with your body. Um, and then because of this knowledge, I, of course, I make another research to find out more exercises, but with body weight, but more or less following the same system I had in the gym. And in the beginning, it was only basic. So in the beginning, I was only doing pull-ups, 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 uh, chin-ups, 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 dips, 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 push-ups, 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 and yeah, some core exercises. So I was really doing a lot of basics for like one year and a half, which is actually what I feel many people do wrong while starting calisthenics because many people want to go directly into the hard stuff, you know, and then they don't do, they don't do any basics and they either can get an injury or they just end up doing the, the exercise with a bad form, for example. So I really think you should be basics you should be doing basics in the beginning, right? So, yeah, I was like one year and a half doing basics, basics, mm -hmm. basics. Then after of this, I started to get more into the skills. So, well, I was also doing muscle ups and then I was uh, trying to learn the front lever, the back lever, I could do it already. And then I did a small course here in Switzerland, which is um, from street-workout.com uh, they are uh, well there is Eric the one who also is a judge in the was a judge in the street workout competition from push and pull and in the last year he was a judge of the street workout competition of freestyle and push and pull also he is the teacher he is the founder also of um, streetworkout.com uh, and he had this course and then I was going with him 
and there I learn, let's say, other way of training, you know, like more according to train with your body weight, because it's completely different when you're training with a body weight and you're training with weights, like in the gym, you know. So I feel like it was good. This, this system of the gym was good for the basics, for like, let's say sets and reps, right? But after that, when you want to learn skills and you want to go more into the calisthenics exercises, then it's better when you have some other system, let's say. And then there I start changing to, let's say, another weight of training. Yeah. But I mean, at the end of the day, I always say, for example, to my clients and to the people who ask me stuff like, mm -hmm. you know, you have to try out different systems and also try and see what is works better for you because we are our bodies are all different also our motivation is different the the, the way we organize ourselves is different so i think there is not one training system better than the other it's more like you have to find the one that be, works better for you and also depending of your goals depending of what you want so yeah that's more or less um yeah about the question you you asked me yeah okay and if it's like not confidential how does your system change from like uh sets and reps so the basics so squats uh, i'm guessing pull-ups dips push-ups to like training skills how does your mentality shift you mean like how it changed from the beginning to yeah uh, as i mentioned in the beginning it was more like this um gym system so it was really I knew that I have to do um, a set of four, four, like let's say eight pull-ups four times, for example, right? And then I changed to dips, for example, you know, then I do dips and then I do push-ups and then I do some core exercises mainly. Like, well, for it's not a secret that in the um, calisthenics and street workout, we don't focus that much on the legs. So, I mean, of course it's important, but it's the focus is mainly in the upper body. So yeah, that was it. Mostly uh, pulling. Sometimes I was also doing then the pulling day, then the pushing day, you know, so like different kind of pull-ups, bar rows, um, hanging from the bar and doing, for example, L-sits or toes to the bar to train the core. So that was more or less the, the system, which, which, I still think it's good, you know, it is really good for strength. It's really good for strength. But for the skills is different. Like first of all, you have static and dynamic skill. So the dynamic skills actually, I mean, the dynamic skill is just try it and try it and try it and try it. Of course, you have to um, um, learn the technique and maybe ask people who already know what are you doing wrong? What can you do better? You know, so in the dynamics is something completely different. You really need to try and try and try and try. But in the statics is where I find more the the difference. Like, um, let's say, for example, front lever, uh, planche, you know, if there are many people or at least in my case, in my case, people ask me like, how do you learn planche? And then I say, by doing planche, you know, like just do planche. That's it. No, I mean, this is more like a joke, but it's true. 
I mean, when you want to learn the full planche, then you will try to do first a lean planche, which is like pretty much like a plank with straight arms, but bending your your back and your hip inside and your shoulders inside, and then you lean to the front, right? So that will be, let's say, the first exercise. And then you hold it as long as you can, and in one day you're gonna be able to do a tuck planche, you know? And then you hold a tuck planche as long as you can, you know? And so on, and then after you're gonna pass to one uh, leg, then after you're gonna do straddle planche, and then you're gonna do may finally full planche, you know? But um, what is the difference? Many people use uh, exercises uh, like to the side of this, like let's say you want to combine it with weights and then you do uh, shoulder, uh, shoulder extensions, for example, right? And then you get some uh, dumbbells, some weight, and you do it with weight. But it's not the same. It's not the same because then you're isolating the muscle, first of all. And um, in calisthenics, it's not like that. So you need to engage your complete body. So when you do a planche, it's not only your shoulders which are working. It's your complete body which is working at the same time. And that's how our body works. Your, your body really gets used to exactly this what you are doing. So if you're doing something a little bit different, your body is not getting used to the planche, it's just getting used to this exercise. And you can be super strong, you can lift so heavy weight that you are not gonna be able to do a planche. So it's more or less related with that. When I was starting to do front lever, then um, something in my case I recommend is the, the elastic bands because then you can uh, have a longer period of time where your muscle is active. So like if you do a tuck front lever and you can only hold it for five seconds, then you can get a band and hold it for 15, 20 seconds, you know? So my training passed from being as sets and reps to I mean, I still use the sets, but instead of reps, mostly using the time instead, like, like, don't say you do 10 reps. It's like you do as many reps as you can in one minute, for example. And why is this uh, a big difference, like coming from the gym to calisthenics? Because in calisthenics, you are using your body weight. So that means your body weight is not changing, but you are getting stronger. So in the gym, you're getting stronger, but you're changing the way you are lifting. So that means if I start with a bicep squirt only with five kilograms, and then I feel like I'm doing 15 reps without no problem, then I'm gonna put more weight and I'm gonna keep with my 10 reps. You know, like most of the people always think about the 10, 10 reps. So I do my max weight that I can with 10 reps, right? So I'm gonna change from five kilos to eight kilos and see if I can do the 10 reps, you know? And then again, when I get a little bit stronger and these eight kilos are not heavy enough, then I will do with 10 kilos, right? And so on, but you will keep these 10 reps. What you are changing is the weight. And then in calisthenics, it's not like that because then you have the same weight. So what you have to try to do is more reps. So it's the, the opposite, right? So that's actually how I start to work with max reps, max reps. So I really try to do one minute max reps. 
and or sometimes without time you know because the thing is that in this minute if you cannot do let's say if you are doing pull-ups you know and then you are not doing you cannot do pull-ups for one minute completely then let's say that at 40 seconds you are exhausted then with the system the idea is that you come down you breathe for five seconds and then you go up again and try to finish the minute you know so that's the idea of this with the time but on the other hand there is the other similar system that is sets but with max reps so then you do let's say you are going to start with the standard pull-ups you do your max reps then you have 30 seconds break you change to chin ups and then you do your max reps you know so that them the um, mainly uh, difference from this sets and reps and this other system that we don't think about an amount of reps anymore we think about max reps or about just doing one exercises for a period of time which in this kind of exercise of training then you will also train your endurance and not only your strength yeah okay and if you're trying to get like as many reps as you can inside one minute i'm guessing that's also building like explosive strength right because you're trying to go as fast as you can yeah but it depends because you know that's actually something uh, another of the difference between gym and calisthenics in calisthenics or let's mention other sport let's mention crossfit yeah. which is even even more um like you can see it easily like in calisthenics we try to be really strict right so you can be explosive as long as you're strict because explosivity doesn't mean that you do the exercise wrong. It is not like that. But in many cases, that people who want to be explosive, but let's say they want to be more explosive than they actually can, then they start losing the form. And that's where you have to be careful. You know, like yesterday, actually, now that we are talking about this, I was given a training and then I was uh, making front lever um, progressions and I have people with different levels. So I said to one of them, you're going to use the band and you're going to do front lever pulls in a tuck, pos tuck position. And then the other asked, like, do I do also front lever pulls? And I was like, no, you, you hold it, you know, like that. I, I know more or less where are the levels, you know, and but it was so motivated. And I tell, OK, you can try, but with a good form. If you if I see you are losing the form, then you don't you don't do it. And then exactly that happened. Um, he was doing like super explosive um, front lever pulls, but at the end of the day, there were no front lever pulls. You know, the form was completely different. So I said, stop and better hold it, you know, because that's the, the idea. And this is actually also related with what I said about training basics in the beginning, because when you want to go one step uh, further, then most of the time you're going to just do it wrong, you know, you're just going to do it wrong or even get an injury or just don't have motivation anymore because your goals are not realistic. And this is really important. You have to make goals according to your level in that moment so that you keep your motivation up, you know? Yeah. Okay. That was sort of my problem as well. Like I, I was doing front lever raises for a long time and yeah. then 
I thought, and then I didn't record myself or anything like this. And then my friend was like, that form is awful. It's almost like a dream. <laughs> it was like a, one leg, one leg raises. And my friend, <laughs> my friend was like, it looks more like an L sit, you know, because you're bending yeah. at your hips. Yeah. So, so, for, so for people like, when you want to get to that next step, how do you avoid getting bad form? Because like, say you, you breached like the max progression you can do. How do you like get to the next progression without like getting bad form? Well, first of all, patience. That's, I mean, patience is so, so important. So important because that's the point. People say like, okay, I, I reached my, my max progression, you know? And it's like, for example, let's talk about keep the front lever, uh, front lever topic, right? So you go to straddle front lever and then you can hold it for five seconds. And then the people think, you know, I'm in the straddle front lever. I can hold it for five seconds. I want to do full, but I can't. Yeah. And I'm like, okay, then keep doing the straddle until you can hold it for 10 seconds, you know? And this is the point. This is the point. Like uh, you have to see the, um, the progress, you know, like if today you hold it five seconds, and tomorrow you hold it six seconds, it's already progress. And this is the the the, um, the point, the progression then is not gonna be the full front lever, it's going to be the straddle holding it for 10 seconds, you know? And about the form, what you mentioned is also really important because then you can do a straddle front lever, maybe the form is not so clean, so then you try to clean that straddle front lever before going to the full front lever. And ways to do that, as you said, you were not recording yourself and that's also actually important, you know, to record yourself so that you see your mistakes, you know. It's funny because for people who is not into the sport, sometimes we do things with bad form and they don't realize it and they say, wow, this is, looks so good, you know. And in my, in my case, it's so funny because I record myself a lot also to see how my form is or what I can do better and stuff like that. And it's so funny because then like I do something, right? And like, let's say I'm training with people together or like sometimes you just meet people at the parks, you know, and then tell you, oh, this was so nice and stuff like that, you know? And then I grab my phone and then I see myself and I'm like, oh shit, this is so bad, you know? Yeah. And like, oh, I have to do this different, you know? And yeah, and then the, the people say, what are you talking about? You know, it, it looks super good. But no, when you, when you know how the form is, then you will see yourself and you will know if you have to move your hip a little bit, if you have to move your legs a little bit or your shoulders. So that's really important when you don't have a mirror, if you have a mirror, then it's even better. And, um, as you said, you had a friend who looked at you and told you, Hey, this is not so training together with other people that they also knows about the sport. And they can tell you what to do better how, or, yeah, what to improve, yeah. Okay, very good. Thanks for this. And so he talks about also that there, a little bit early on that there's no direct uh, relationship between like gym and uh, gym and, for example, calisthenics moves. For example, I watched some videos where they're like, uh, if you can pull up your own body weight, you'll be able to do a front lever or if you can military press your own body weight, you'll be able to do. No, no. I mean, crunch. in my experience is completely, is completely wrong. Um, I mean, 
And also depends of how you work out in the gym. That also makes a lot of difference because if you work out with machines or you work out with freeway, that's a, a two ways to go in the gym, you know? And for example, machines are definitely like, like if you are doing calisthenics street workout, don't use a machine. Don't do that. Like you are like, let's say shoulder press, you know? So you have a machine here and then you are doing this, you know, and I mean, all your body, except for your arms and shoulders is deactivated. So your core is not active. You are just sitting, your legs are not active. You are just sitting. And the only thing you are doing is this. So just because you are doing that, it doesn't mean that you can do a handstand push up, you know, because in the handstand push up, you need to keep your body in a balancing. And then it's not only the shoulders, it's also mobility, also your core, even your legs are active. Like I always say to the people, you know, it's so funny where I get the cramps the most is on my feet because you need to have your body tense completely from your head to your feet. And if you can even, I always tell to the people I train with, if you can point your feet like all the time is better, you know? And, and that's the point is completely different. It's not only one muscle it's the complete body, which is working together, you know, and that's uh, something completely different. It also have to actually many people maybe doesn't know about it or they know about it, but have never put the attention to it. But there is also not only where your muscles are working, but also your uh, neural system, you know, because that's the connection between your muscles. You have to remember that every movement we do is a impulse that come from our brain to the muscle. And then that system have also to be working good because then your head is telling all these muscles, Hey, work together. And if your head is not trained for that, you are not be able to do that. And in that shoulder press that I make an example in the machine, your brain is only connecting to that muscle here and not to your complete body. And that's also where I enter the coordination, you know, like there are some people which are super strong. And then you make them do a coordination exercise and they are a uh, complete loss, you know? And yeah, that's, that's a really big difference between that. Yeah, I completely yeah. agree. There's so many factors which come into account. So there's like balance, you said, coordination, full body tension. For example, yeah. when I train the front lever, sometimes I get cramp in my, in my calves. Yeah, exactly, exactly. And as I was mentioning, then, because this is the case with the machines. But for example, if you do uh, free weights, like it says, if you do the same shoulder press, but with a bar and weight, and you do it standing, for example, then it's a completely different thing. Because then your complete body is working. Let's say you are, you have here, right, um, bar, with weight and you are standing. So first of all, anytime you are doing this movement, you have to be uh, balancing yourself too, because you are lifting weight. And if you move it too much to the front or too much to the back, you're going to fall. So your body is more active. So in this case, I would say, I would say it's more related, like it will help more, you know, uh, but uh, still it depends a lot of your focus. If you want to learn skills, then do skills, 
you know. Now, if you want to be more like, let's say, because that's the thing, in calisthenics, you have different focus. You can go more to the, the skills part. You can be more into the strength part, like sets and reps. Or you can also like be more in, let's say, it's, uh, street lifting. Or, well, I don't know how it's called here in Switzerland, actually, but street lifting, which is pretty much uh, calisthenics exercises, but with weights. So you do dips, but you put a belt with uh, some weight on it. Or you do pull-ups, you put a weight with uh, a belt with weight on it. So like weighted calisthenics. I don't know. I don't like this name because calisthenics means training with your uh, body weight. Yeah. But that's also a name that they give uh, weighted calisthenics or in other countries street lifting. Um, so there are three different ways to go. And depending in which way you go, some things can work better than other things. Or if you want to be, um, let's say, more general athlete, but then that's the point. Like, you know, if you focus in one thing, you are going to be really good in that thing. That's the, 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 the point. But if you focus a little bit in everything, then you are going to be good in everything, but not really, really good in one of them. You know, so you really need to know what you want. And depending on that, some things can help more and some things cannot help that much. Like if you will do this, what I was mentioning, like a street lifting or weighted calisthenics, then of course, then training more or less in the gym will help you because you are lifting weights, you know. And yeah, and for the others, I mean, you can still use weights just not in the same way than in the gym. Like for example, you want to get your front lever super strong, then grab some ankle weights and do a front lever with ankle weights. But you're still doing front lever. You just added some more weight to make it harder, which um, this is something crazy, you know, like doing front lever with ankle weights is so hard or like even a planche with ankle weights and it's super hard, you know. So yeah, you still can be using weights, but in other way, not like in the gym. Yeah. Okay. So you talked about like mastering different areas of calisthenics. So if someone came to you and was like, I want to become an expert in statics, like front lever, what would you recommend them? Would they need to train every single day? Cause some people have heard they're saying, if you want to do skills like front lever, you need to be doing this like as much as you can throughout the week rather than a few sessions. Yeah, I mean, there is something that we have to, like, sometimes maybe we don't realize it. And it's like, you know, this sport is really new. And like, for example, nowadays, there are athletes who are for luck and thanks for for these people who are doing crazy stuff. Uh, they are getting, getting sponsor, sponsorship and then they are actually living out of this, you know. But it's still a really new sport and most of the people have a job and do this more like a side thing, you know, or like if you become a trainer, then it's better than you can also ha live out of it, you know, but, you know, we are talking about when we talk about planche, when we talk about Maltese, when we talk about, uh, let's say, um, Victorian, for example, that is the next step of front lever, right? Then we are talking about skills which are actually like, let's say for 
professional. So that means like for people who is actually going to competitions, you know. And let's just talk about other sports. Like let's talk about football. I mean, the people who do competition in football, they have to train every day, you know. And this is what sometimes we forget, you know. It's exactly the same in the same in every sport. If you want to be a pro in the sport, you have to train every day. So, um, yeah, that will more or less answer your question, but more now as an example. Like when I was training for, for planche, I was training for around six months, maybe. And, and when I started, I could do already top planche, you know. And then let's say, yeah, I was start uh, training about six months, maybe. And in, in maybe three months or four months of the six months, I was really focused on planche, like really, really focused. So it was at week, three trainer, three trainings of planche and the other days, some other trainings of other stuff. So like to don't, to don't lose the other skills, because that's also the point. If you can do front lever, it's not like you have a checklist and then you say front lever is check. I can do it and I can do it all my life, you know? So if you stop doing it, you are not going to be able to do it anymore. So that's the point. Even when you are focusing planche, sometimes you have to also do your training of front lever or other stuff. So yeah, like I will say I was like three months with non-stop training for planche, um, like minimum three times per week planche. And then there were some weeks, like maybe I did this two or three weeks. And then in the next week, I only did maybe two trainers or even one. Because then the muscle need to recover and everything and grow and your body need also rest. And then I was having this week where I made maybe two or one training. And it was interesting because in that week was exactly when I realized how much progress I made. Because in all these weeks, which were really intense, I was still having progress, but my body didn't have that much rest. So it didn't, I was not in my hundred percent. And then when I rested, and my body recover. Then I had this one day training where it was like, wow, I didn't, I didn't knew that I can do this, you know? Yeah. And, um, so that's more or less the, the system I was using for this skill specific. And it's true. I lose a little bit of, of front lever, like uh, the, the progress in the front lever. But because I was really focusing plans, you know, then after that, I started to balancing a little bit more and I felt how I was doing progress in both. I was doing progress in front lever and also progress in planche. Just that, of course, in the beginning, my progress planche was like this, you know, and then after when I start doing more of the balance, then the progress went a little bit down, but I was also progressing in front lever because that's also other thing that people say is like, oh, you know, like if you train only planche, you are going to just lose your front lever, you know, but I mean, if you still do it, sometimes it's, it's not like it's going to go away in one week, you know? Yeah. Okay. So you basically did a deload week, right? That's what you're talking yeah. about. So that was like yeah. once every month you said, or more or less sometimes, I mean, 
In this is also, I always said, it's really important to feel your body, you know, because it's not something, this is also, again, thinking about more this sets and reps system where you really have a plan and you make a plan for one month and you say, this is like this, like this, like this, like this. This is something I completely changed. But again, I think it's because it works for me, like maybe for other people it works better the other way. But for me, I really like to feel my body, see how my body is feel, feeling and then listening to my body. Like there was maybe one time where I was training for two weeks intense and then I said, okay, no, I feel really, really exhausted. So I did it in the third week, you know. Other time when I maybe did four weeks really intense and then I needed uh, the break. So that's the way I do it. So it's not really fixed. It's more how you feel in, in this case, you know. Okay, and how do you listen to your body exactly? What signs do you look for when your body is telling you, I need a, a break? Because a lot of people, they struggle to feel their bodies, I think. Well, I'm included in this. So. Yeah. Well, I mean, first of all, of course, soreness is normal. But also that your, your performance in the training, you know. You, you have to still feel you are doing progress. Like if, if you are having one week when you didn't feel not even uh, small progress, you know, then you have to, to think a little bit what is happening, you know, like why I'm not doing progress in this week. It can be also something emotional. Like sometimes we also have external things who can um, change our performance. So if there is something that is happening in your life, it's probably not your body, it's just this, you know. But if there is not that, you know, and also if you are also something really important, if you are eating good, if you are sleeping good, because that are all also factors which can change your performance. So if you are eating good, if you are sleeping good, if everything is good in your life, but your performance is not good, then probably it means that your body needs uh, some rest, you know. So that's uh, also important, uh, like see your performance. Of course, it's not your performance in one training. As I said, it's maybe in one complete week because it's normal. We are going to have trainings which, which sucks, you know, like, for example, I always say it in handstand, you know, there are like handstand days and there are days which are not handstand days, you know, like in, in the handstand, it, it, um, makes so much difference if one day maybe you don't feel like you have so much mobility. For example, sometimes we are in this day when we feel that our shoulder doesn't want to go up, you know, so it makes a lot of difference. So depending of if you are working, your work day was hard, etc., etc. So all of these are factors that you always have to consider in your, in your training. Yeah. So you would always recommend first going to the gym and seeing how you feel, at least like in the warm up in the first few sets before saying, you know what, my body needs a break. Um, well, first of all, you mentioned going to the gym. Oh, well, <laughs> and I say gym, I mean like outside. I tried yeah. it. Okay. Okay. I, yeah. Um, I always say gym just, yeah. 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 Um, how will I think like, I mean, you go to do your training, you do your training, actually, you don't think about it in the beginning. It's more like at the end, like, uh, 
conclusion, like see how your train went. Like, did I actually had some progress or how I was feeling when I was doing the, the exercises? Like I was doing pull-ups. Normally I can do 10 pull-ups, but today I was feeling that the eight were super hard, you know? So like all these things that you have to put a little bit of attention, you know, but uh, it's not something in the moment, you know, it's, it's something you have to just do your training. Maybe it was a bad day that day and then you have to see tomorrow and then you have to see after tomorrow. And then when you finish your week, you said, no, this week was really, really bad. You know, I really probably I need a break. So let's do if you are training every day, just take two days of break and see how is it going to be. And if it is still bad, then maybe you need a little bit more of break. And break doesn't mean that you don't have to do anything at all. Like, you know, sometimes my break is like a small training at home. So what do I do? Like some mobility exercises, some core exercises, um, and some basic exercises where I know I'm still working out but I know that I am not uh, getting my muscles to the max, you know, and also like to improve, improve small things that you sometimes don't do in your main training. Like, as I mentioned, mobility, for example, which mobility is something super important for calisthenics and me, including me, <laughs> um, uh, we most of the time let it on the side, yeah. you know, and so this can be a really good resting workout that you can do, which is actually super funny. Like I think the times where my legs hurt the most or something is like when I'm doing mobility trainings, like the next day my legs hurt so much, but anyway, in my main training, I don't use my legs that much. So it's okay. Yeah. Yeah. For me, stretching is super, strenuous actually like especially like yeah. the nervous system because like i'm trying to push through the the pain yeah. right but it's, it's good that you always go through your workouts and then see because i've seen some people they go and they do the warm-up and they'll just be like you know what i'm not going to train today because i'm feeling mm, yeah no this is something like yeah this is something really i to be honest don't go with this like you know i have this feeling sometimes like as you said that I, I'm doing the warm up and I just feel today is not the day, you know, I just feel it, but I just don't go home. I just say, Hey, I am here already, wherever you are, if you are at the gym, if you are in a park and then just think about your time. Like, I mean, you took your time to go to the park and then you are going to be there only five minutes or 10 minutes and then go back. Like, I mean, your time is also valuable. Like once you are there, do even a 30 minutes workout. This doesn't have to be one hour workout. Just do 30 minutes and that's it. That's what I sometimes do too. Like, I mean, when I go to the parks, I try to stay at least one hour, but like sometimes even at home, you know, sometimes at home I start a training and then I say like, no, this is not going well, but I still try to do at least 30, 45 minutes, you know? So like, this is my way of saying it. Like, think about your valuable time if you already use some of your time to go somewhere you know just don't waste that time that you use and take advantage of it you're already there and do at least a small training and if you think for example sometimes it happened in my case with the dynamics it's like that with the dynamics like 
is not my my thing. That I, I'm better in statics than in dynamics. And then there are some feel some days where I feel like I can turn like a 360, you know. And there are days where I feel I am not turning. You know, I am just not turning. I don't know the reason, but I am just not turning. And I was thinking I want to train 360, but then I just say, okay, no, 360 is over. I will do some pull-ups. I will do front lever. You know, I just change for something else that I know that I can do in that moment. So it's ex it's exactly the same. Like if you go and you feel like you cannot do three pull-ups, you know, then do some core exercises or do some mobility exercises, at least something because you're already there and then you can use the time. Yeah. Cool. And you said you normally spend about one hour in the in the gym, well, or in the park or whatever we want to call it. Well, one hour will be the less, yeah. the, the the minimum. Yeah, and like uh, maybe some people listening, they'll be interested to know how do you like structure your workout. So I'm guessing you'll do like, would you follow like the typical sort of structure? So you'll come, you'll do some like dynamic stretching, some uh, warm up, and then you'll do your main session and then a cool down, or do you do? to add any extra like special elements yeah i mean it really depends on the kind of training you know i mean of course warm-up is really warm-up is something always important in my kind of trainings when i work for myself when i work out for myself i know that for me let's say like a, a spontaneous training work for me in my case as i said it really depends of every person i know that for other people doesn't work like that because maybe they cannot be that spontaneous. Like they cannot think about it also come with experience. Of course, I am also given trainings and I give trainings every week. And then of course it comes from experience. Um, but in my case, let's say I like to like, I need to feel that I am liking the training the, that I am doing, you know, so if I am not in the mood to do push-ups, I just don't do push-ups, you know, yeah. it's, it's just like that. And so in my case, it's really, really uh, spontaneous, but main, of course, the warm up is always there. That's, for example, in my case, it's really important the wrist warm up and shoulders warm up. Like those are two of your joints that you will use in a lot in calisthenics. And of course, for pushing mainly the wrist, you know, and in my case, my wrist have, was having problems in the beginning. Like, actually, that's also something like if someone is is um, listening to this and they have problems with the wrist, you have to know that it, you have to be patient, do um, wrist stretching, and then at some point, the pain is going to go away. Sometimes, of course, if you do a lot, then, of course, you're going to have it. But it's gonna go away because in the beginning it was like this for me like i couldn't do a handstand for 10 seconds because my wrist was uh, were hurting and then that's why for me it's really important um, wrist stretching and also shoulder warm-up you know like shoulders are joined the joint we are using the most and yeah uh, injury in the shoulder is really really bad and yeah so these are some things i will never skip well, I'm not going to lie. Sometimes I skip it, but then I regret it yeah. after that. <laughs> and then after this, I will mainly do skills, mainly do skills. So I will try to focus on a skill and then I will do uh, maybe some sets and reps or something like that. 
Like this, this sometimes I do it one first and the other or second is not really a order or anything. Um, and it also depends if I am training alone or I'm training with someone. Because when I'm training with someone, then you know how the motivation goes up crazy. And then, yeah, sometimes we end up, instead of doing a cool down, actually we do more like a finisher. Yeah. <laughs> and we just do like kind of sets and reps, but in like crazy mood, you know. <laughs> and and that's actually the end of the training. Like, uh, okay, sometimes I maybe do some small stretching, but it's not like I do a cool down of 10 minutes or anything. Yeah, just five minutes or something like that. But yeah, I mean, it would be actually, I know that it would be really good when I will do 10 minutes or 15 minutes of cool down, like maybe with some stretching or stuff like that. But yeah, some, most of the time I don't do it, to be honest. Yeah. <laughs> so it's it's yeah. interesting that you do both, uh, yeah, like skills and sets and reps. Yeah. So first the skills, then the sets and reps. Yeah, it really depends. The thing is, like I have seen, like, depends on your level, you know, you have to know what works for you, you know, like in the beginning, it's like, if you're going to do sets and reps, then do sets and reps only, you know, if you're going to do skills, only do skills. Because you're going to come to a point where you are going to be able to do both. You know, like, this is something I see so much with my classes. Like, for example, yesterday I had this group where they were doing some sets and reps, right? And then at the end, in the trying to hold the skill, it was like, it goes really, really bad, you know? Yeah. Like, they are so exhausted. But then the more you are into the sport and the more you are training, there's going to be a point that you actually do sets and reps for some kind of warming up, you know, like, I mean, I don't want the people to misunderstand me. Like, of course, it's always important to do really basic warm up, but has when you get a better level, it's like if you can do pull ups, if you can do 10 pull ups, for example, you can use bar rows as a warm up, like um, Australians, you know, so um, it's exactly the same point. When you do 15 muscle ups, then you can do pull ups as a warm up, you know, and that's the, the, the idea. And um, of course you do it carefully. You, most of the time in the beginning, you are not going to do them explosive, for example, because it's hard for your joints. And, and that's the idea. Like I have this uh, guy from, um, he's from Lausanne and he's so crazy and then we do a little warm-up and then we do this what he calls warm-up which is like i don't know it's like 50 pull-ups like uh, 10 10 10 10 10 then after is like 70 um 70 dips and push-ups together and then this you have to repeat it like two or three times and this is he says is the warm-up you know and then after that we do skills for example or, or the or the opposite way we start with the skills and then we do this like a finisher you know so but that's that's not in all the trainings you know this is like really most of the time when I am with other people and then you are working out out of motivation you know it's, it's just pure motivation and it feels so good because it's like you don't feel that your body is getting exhausted actually your body is being completely destroyed but because of the motivation you don't feel it you know yeah. 
Yeah, it's good that you've got this sort of philosophy to keep it fun. Because a lot of people, yeah. they, they're too strict and then they get bored. But the most yeah. important is that you're enjoying it and that you're keeping on, like, keeping things up, changing things up. Like, yeah, now that we're talking about this, actually, uh, it's one of the main uh, differences in my experience from the gym to the calisthenics. And that's what I always uh, said to the, say to the people. And it's like when I was in the gym, you know, there were days when I was going to the gym out of pure discipline because I said to myself, I really don't want to go to the gym today, but I have to go. And then I go. And there was this happened not only one time. This happened like, I don't know, twice per month, you know, or I don't know, maybe even sometimes even more depending on the month. And in calisthenics, it's not like this. Like, I always want to go to my trainings, you know? Like, I think maybe in all these three years, I'm not gonna lie, I'm not gonna say that it has been always, like, super motivated. But I will say in these three years, like, days like that, that I said to myself, I don't wanna go, but I have to, maybe twice or three times happened, you know? Like, I really don't, cannot even remember one exact day that I said, I don't want to train, you know? like. Um, yeah, when I was going, it's because I really wanted to do it. And then it's had really, really, really different motivation. You know, it's a really different motivation. Yeah. So, yeah, you said you're very motivated all the time. So when you do something like a skill, like the front lever, do you just like, do you have some sort of routine? So do you wait three minutes or do you do, like have a number in your head? Like I'm going to do 10, 10 sets, seven sets, five sets or whatever. Or do you just literally go on how your body's feeling? as many sets you can do or with as least amount as rest as possible or, or do you at least have some discipline to be like I'm going to wait three minutes or five minutes I don't know how long you wait yeah in this case when I was uh, when I am doing stat static skills and when I want to do a really really intense training or like let's say a really um, strong training then well, this was more in the beginning because now, of course, with the time you get better in the skill, then you can hold it better. But in the beginning, I said, for example, when you are training talk, uh, sorry, front lever, and you can do the, for example, the full front lever for, I don't know, for, let's say, three seconds. You can hold fro full front lever for three seconds. Then do that full front lever for three seconds. When you cannot hold it anymore, do straddle. And then when you cannot hold it anymore, do talk and then rest. So like this, your uh, body is in active more time, right? And then keep doing this like this until you cannot do even one second of the full front lever, you know? And then after that, you are going to do the same, but starting from the straddle. So you're going to do the front lever straddle for three seconds, then one leg for, I don't know, three seconds and then talk, you know? And again, keep doing it until you cannot even hold the straddle, you know? And then that's the point, like when the one leg in this case, but in this specific case, when you cannot hold it with one leg straight, then it means you work out really well, you know? Like that was my my measurement in the beginning, you know? Like it is funny, like, uh, I was also training with this guy who he was really strong actually. And Let's say normally he could do maybe, uh, I don't know, 13, 14 pull-ups, you know? And then at the end of the training, he was struggling with five pull-ups, you know? 
So that was more or less my my um, limits or my measurements, you know. But as I said, uh, this really depends on everyone, you know, because some people can do it and some other people really need a structure to actually do their workout. Because otherwise, maybe they take too much break, maybe they take too less break, maybe they just don't do as much as they actually needed to do, for example. So this is something that not everybody can do it like that. In my case, I mean, even when I do it like that, I really uh, take care of the resting time when I am doing this kind of workout. So maybe I don't know, I don't know how many sets I will do because I don't know until when I'm going to be able to hold the full front lever, but I know the times I am le uh, letting between, you know, so that you don't do a three minutes break, you know. So that's something that I am more strict in the breaks, like to really set a, a break time. Yeah. Well, what sort of break times do you aim for? Like, had you got a number in your head? Yeah, I like to play between 15 seconds, 30 seconds, 45 seconds and one minute. This is like depending of the kind of training you're doing. If you are doing more endurance training, then do less break. If you are doing a strength training, then less make more break. And if you are doing static skills, then better a longer break. So like with planche, do one minute break, for example. Okay. At least. Yeah. yeah. Even one minute, that's still quite uh, a little compared <laughs> to what yeah, I Yeah, of course. Do. Yeah, I mean, when you finish your set, then you can take more, more time, you know, more break. Yeah. Okay. Very I mean, good. like, yeah. yeah, like if you do, for example, let's say I have four, um, like a circuit, more, not a circuit, but something like a st structure of the circuit where you have four different exercises and then let's make uh, one minute between exercise and then when you finish the four exercises you do two minutes or three minutes and then you repeat again so that's the the idea right so you still will have at some point a bigger minute a bigger break but like still to keep the like to have more endurance in some part of the training yeah okay cool and you you, t you mentioned you're quite a, a lean guy on the, so you're quite lean. Like, do yeah. you have like uh, more like clients who are more like bulky or like more taller? And like, how does your philosophy change for people who are like uh, more taller, potentially more likely to experience more like pain in their joints? Or have you looked into this? Yeah, I mean, actually this is, for example, the, the pain in the joints, for example, it's funny, but uh, actually it doesn't really depends on, on, on that. Like I had has have really skinny people who have problems, for example, in the wrist while they do a handstand. And I had other people which are maybe um, with more, much more weight and they don't have any problem in the wrist, for example. So that with the joint maybe is not that, um, I mean, with the joints, maybe it's not a factor which is too important in these cases. But, like, if I see there is some, let's say, 
overweight. I mean, not that they are overweighted, but that there is some weight that shouldn't be there, you know, because there is one thing of being big, but still having a six pack, you know, and being big and having a really big belly, you know, these are two different things. So like with the people who have some extra weight, let's say like this, then I try to add a little bit more of an endurance. So like that you can keep your um, heart rate a little bit higher so that you can also in the same time trying to lose some weight, you know. So like, of course, it depends on the goals of the person, right? But if you want to do skills, most of the time you don't want to have this extra weight. So there is mostly where I do uh, these kind of differences. Like if I see there is some extra weight that we have to work on, then try to do a little bit more endurance training so that the heart rate keeps a little bit higher and that you can also lose some weight, you know. And in the other point, if you are actually lean and you don't need to lose weight, then there is no problem to do um, bigger rest, for example, and having mainly strength training. So you are really focusing on that strength and not in the part of losing weight, let's say like this. Yeah. Okay. And like for people that are lean and they still cannot do like certain skills like front lever, would you say they need to add extra muscle or is it possible to gain strength without gaining muscle? Yeah, you know, this is something really interesting in calisthenics. You can see completely different body types in athletes that they can do exactly the same things, you know? Like, I feel like, you know, there is so much of this, oh yeah, you know, I mean like, I am too tall to, for doing calisthenics, but uh, if you know, um, like, um, I think his name is something like Daniel, um, what is his name? Daniel, Daniel Latins, yeah. Yes, exactly. And he was world champion for like, what, four years, something like that. And he's like one meter, one meter 90 or even wow. uh, taller than this. I think he's 190 something. And there are so many athletes which are tall and are super good. And at the other hand, they sometimes say, maybe they're not so tall, but oh, you know, I'm too big for, for doing calisthenics. But even here in Switzerland, for example, I always give um, a friend, uh, fr example from a friend here. He's from Rappersville, uh, Dominique. And when you see his front lever, he's super strong in front lever and he's a big guy, you know? And for me, he is one of the strongest front lever in Switzerland, you know? And, and for me, you know, you, you try to, you need to try to do the less excuses when you want to do something. And this is maybe it, it changed something, but still there are excuses, you know? And for example, we always, we also have to know a little bit of anatomy, you know, and it's like, it doesn't, when, when you are taller than me, naturally you are going to have bigger muscles than me, you know? So, because our body is according to our size and it's even, for example, when you do, um, weightlifting, like let's say more thinking about the gym, you know, like the competitions in weightlifting is also according to a percentage of your body weight, you know? So like if you have a small guy uh, lifting 100 kilograms and you have a big guy 100, uh, list, uh, lifting 110 kilograms, 
it's really possible that the one who lifts 100 kilograms is going to win because he um, lifted much more percentage of his weight, you know, and that's exactly what we have to think also in calisthenics. I mean, you are taller, but then your, your body should also be um, able to naturally have the power to lift more weight, you know, and this is something that most of the people doesn't think about it, you know, and, but yeah, well, your question was about the lean people who doesn't, uh, who want to do a skill and they cannot do skills, right? Let's say like this, but the thing is, there are so many factors to consider, you know, like we have been talking about them already here. For example, are you using proper form while training, you know? Uh, are you being patient enough, you know? Are you using the, um, the workout system which is uh, better for you? So there are so many questions you will need to actually talk with the person and see him training uh, to actually be able to do a recommendation to this person, you know? Um, yeah, that's that's where the difference of having a trainer comes because then the trainer can identify exactly what is happening in your training, you know, and it's not like you go to Google and you ask in Google, hey, uh, how to do like why I cannot do from ever, you know, and then yeah. Google is yeah. going to tell you answers which work for some people, but probably they're not going to work for you because it's not your case, you know. So that's like, there is no a general answer for this. There is not a general secret for this. Let's say it like you really need to know your weakness or your, where you are uh, failing. And then according to this, you will get the answer of what you need to do. Yeah. Okay. Thanks for this answer. When I was asking the question, I had like the image of like a tall, like sort of like marathon runner, you know, who are in the Olympic games. <laughs> and who have like, zip, yeah. like very little muscle. And I'm like, on like neuro, like on your, on like their neuro nerve, nervous system alone, would they be able to learn like the front lever without gaining muscle? So I think probably there's a certain amount of muscle you need. Yeah, I mean, this is also why I mentioned this, that you can see someone with so many muscles doing a front lever and someone with so less muscles doing a front lever, you know, because you don't need to be that big. I mean, calisthenics is not the sport which is going to make you super big, you know? Like, okay, your back is for sure probably going to grow. And I mean, you still grow a little bit, but you are not the super bulk guy, you know? Like, actually, many of the people which are into calisthenics, which are like with so many muscles, you see that they are also drinking so many supplements, you know, like if they wouldn't take that many uh, supplements, they wouldn't be that big. So um, it's something, let's say, in my opinion, something more like extra, you know, let's say like this, because you also have to remember something and it's like the more muscles you have, also the more weight you were going to have. So we are training with our body weight. That's also going to be harder at some point for some exercises so this is like something okay i'm having bigger muscles but i am having more weight so does it actually make that much difference that's actually a good question and 
with looking at these athletes, then uh, these examples of a really, really lean guy doing a super good planche, a super good front lever, and at the other hand, another guy who has so many muscles doing exactly the same planche and doing exactly the same front lever, then I don't believe that there is a actually a big difference or a big um, or that is so important to grow up your muscles to make a front lever, for example. Yeah. Okay, thanks for this answer. Yeah, and it's good that you mentioned supplements. I wanted to ask you about this actually. Like, would you say they're like essential for like calisthenics, or like do you take any supplements yourself? Yeah, actually, for example, um, I started drinking protein again, actually, to be honest, like uh, maybe one month ago. But before this, I was maybe one year and a half or yeah, one year and a half or almost two years without drinking um, any kind of protein, for example. And plus also like uh, the half of this year, the first half of the year, I was trying to almost don't eat meat and it was completely fine for me. I was like in at, at, at when I was going to restaurants and so on, then I was taking meat because most of the time in the restaurants, the best uh, plates are with meat. <laughs> yeah. But at home, I was always um, keeping it uh, vegetarian without uh, having any proteins. I mean, I was still drinking magnesium and vitamins, but not any kind of proteins or any kind of um, creatine or anything like that. And it was completely fine. It was completely fine. I was actually feeling feeling like more energetic sometimes. And to be honest, doesn't make a difference. Like I don't see difference in the performance. Like in the performance of the training, I don't see difference. Where I see the difference, of course, is in how your muscles grow, you know, because at the end of the day, that's actually the idea of it. Like most of the time you drink protein so that your muscles grow. And, but then this is really related with what we're, we were just talking about. Like in this case, for example, in the gym, your the idea of the gym is that you want to lift more weight. So you have, it's exactly the same concept that I was talking about weight and muscles. Then you have more muscles, you have more weight on your body, but your goal is to lift more weight, you know? But in calisthenics, it's not like that. In calisthenics, the goal is to lift your body. So this is the point. You are getting more weight into your body. And the question is if at which point you are going to be managing this more weight you are adding to your body, you know, because there's some going to be some point that probably your muscles are growing. Yes. But maybe what you did is just get much more weight in your body that you can manage to do a planche that you used to do before. So in my case, the, su the supplements, or in my opinion, the supplements is more, much more of how you look that in your performance in the, in the training. Now, I am now actually not talking generally in supplements. I'm mainly talking now about protein because of course, when you drink then creatine or some other, these kind of supplements, which are not specific to make you grow, but to make you help in your performance, 
then it's something different. But I'm talking now about growing, about your drinking supplements for growing, which help for that, but in my opinion, doesn't help for the performance in the calisthenics. Yeah. Okay. And was, was there any reason why you got rid of meat from your diet? Um, like, I don't know, I wanted to try, let's say that was it actually, I wanted to try and actually I like it. I like it a lot and like I start to do more um, diverse meals, you know, and, and then it's really important so that you can get the minerals and the vitamins that your body needs because it's like, um, you know, sometimes there is this uh, broccoli and chicken diet, you know, yeah, and okay, yeah, the broccoli is good, the chicken is also good, but if you eat only broccoli and chicken, yeah. you are not going to get all the vitamins and all the minerals that your body needs, because in broccoli and chicken, there are not all the minerals and vitamins, so, and vitamins and minerals are so important for your work, for your body function, so that's something that I believe it's really good in a vegetarian uh, diet because you are going to try to always make something different and you will find many vitamins and vegetables in different vegetables and also minerals, which then you will have more of them, you know. And I think sometimes we focus too much in the protein and the carbs and the fat but we let aside the, the vitamins and minerals, which are super important. Yeah, yeah I agree. And uh, did you, um, what did you substitute the meat for? So you got meat, rid of meat from your diet. What, what did you like add in like more beans or like more, I don't know, chickpeas. I know, I think in Central America, you like different types of like red kidney beans. If I Yeah, exactly. Like, uh, the like in Costa Rica we eat uh, beans every day every day so that was not a problem for me like I love beans I could eat beans every day so beans uh, linses uh, chickpeas as you mentioned uh, grains general um, and also I mean like when I was lazy let's say like this then I was just going to the supermarket and buying these kind of mm, fake meat for example that you have or like a falafel or vegetable bowls or stuff like that which nowadays in mainly here in switzerland you have so many options to to eat vegetarian or even vegan so that's actually here in switzerland is actually not uh, much of a problem i know that in other countries it's harder um, but yeah here is actually really really easy to do it yeah i read uh on the internet that Switzerland was voted like the easiest country in the world to be a vegetarian. <laughs> yeah. They yeah, so yeah. yeah. You always have, you always have the, and I mean, you know, even vegetarian, even vegan, you know, like you always have this section in the supermarkets where it is for vegetarians and vegan. So, yeah. Yeah. So very good. And, uh, do you still do that now with this eating diet or did you add meat back in? You know, the thing is this, uh, well, this was not in the recording, but the trip of that I just did to Ireland, uh, this just wake up my <laughs> meat. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, because there the good, the food was so good and was a lot of meat and something that I also love is the, the seafood. So like uh, shrimps, for example, fish, 
this is something that I didn't took away. Like I was taking away the red meat and the chicken, but not the, the seafood. Like I like a lot to eat salmon, some every kind of fish, shrimps. And the good thing is there is a lot of proteins and not that much of fat. So, so I was like eating fish or something from the sea like once a week, for example, and the rest uh, vegetarian. But yeah, I am still at home, still mainly, mainly um, vegetarian. But when I go out, I mainly will take uh, something with either from the sea, seafood or either meat. Yes. But the thing is, you know, it's not something strict. It's not something that I said to myself, I don't have to eat meat, you know. It's really, really similar than with the training. I just see if I feel like I want to eat meat one day, then I do it, you know. But I just try to keep it more with, with um, veggies, yeah. Okay, quite a, a relaxed approach, which I think is very good. Yeah, yeah don't be too strict <laughs> on yourself. So yeah, to, yeah, to, yeah. to finish off, uh, uh, some of the stuff you do on Instagram looks quite scary, a lot of people will be seeing. <laughs> Like, uh, do you ever feel fear or are you scared of like hurting yourself when you do some of these exercises? Yeah, I mean, like, um, mainly dynamics. That's why actually, that's why actually I have a, a problem with dynamics. Like that's why I'm stronger in statics because statics are safe. Statics are poor, poor strange, let's say like this, but dynamics, you pretty much have to fly you know and that's my problem like when I am swinging too high from the bar then I just don't want to let the bar go you know like and that's for example for a 360 for a 360 the highest you are the better is going to be your 360 yeah. and yeah. there is where I mo mostly have the training the problem which is actually something really kind of funny because I mean you are actually not that high you know and even when I have mats, even when I have mats, sometimes I am still afraid, you know, so it's like, you are not that high, you don't, you have even mats, but I'm still afraid, I don't know why, you know, so in my case is this, but this is something really uh, personal for me, I, I guess there is person, people who just disconnect their brain, they don't care, and they just go and do it, you know, so these are, they are really good for dynamics when you can do that. And yeah, when I do the handstand on the high bars, this one is a little bit scary, but I wouldn't do it if I am not sure that I'm able to do it, you know? Like there are days that if I know that my, in that day my handstand is not good, then I'm not gonna do it, you know? But uh, nowadays I, I'm really sure and confident that I can do it. So I am not afraid, you know, um, but yeah, I mean, it was in the beginning, in the beginning, maybe I was more, I was feeling more fear, but then with the time when you get really confident and you know that you can do it, then it's, it's better. Yeah. Okay. Very good. So currently now you are working with, well, you, you represent bar monkeys, right? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, this is actually something, uh, let's say, private from me. I mean, actually, I started it. And I'm still trying to figure it out, you know, like, 
because it actually started really, really more like a community, you know, like uh, just get together and train together. And now, uh, currently, and in some time, it is more like uh, my my group training class. Yeah. And as I said, I'm still trying to figure it out. We're going to see maybe I try to go back to the community again, you know. But this is something actually from from me. I, I started actually and I'm still figuring out how, how it's going to be because the same than the food and the same than the training, I just want to do something that I am good with it and that I like to do it, you know. Uh, but besides that, actually, I work for a, a training center here in Zurich, which the name is Laboratorium. And we actually started this year. It's really new. And yeah, it's made for, for body weight training. So we have bars inside. We also have weights, but no like machines or anything, just bars and dumbbells, which you can use. Um, so the focus is mainly that. And at the same time, I am also a trainer, trainer in the ISV set, which is the um, um, organization of the or the sport, the sport association for the universities here in Zurich. So if you study in the Zurich University or in the ETH, the technical university, then or even even in some other superior schools, then while you are paying your your year um, membership of your university, some of this percent go to this to this association. So every student can can uh, go to these courses. They have over hundred different sports, and in one of these classes, then I am a trainer there, which is really nice. It's a was it has been also a really good experience for me also to learn and the the group is of 20 people but we are two trainers so we divided 10 and 10 or i mean i had this experience where there was one day where the course was completely full was 20 people and then the my partner the other trainer was sick so i was doing a trainer a training for 20 people and it just it just felt so good it was amazing i i loved it it was really really nice and the weather was nice my mood was good and it was super good. Yeah. yeah 20 people is intense. I, I coach tennis and when I have like more than 10 people, for me personally, I'm yeah. more like, oh no, but it's, it's good that you yeah. enjoy coaching. Yeah. Also depends on the kind of training you do, right? Like in this case, you then have to think more about something general and not something more specific, right? Because for example, for training skills, you can forget. Like training skills, the maximum I will say is five people. That's it. Like if you want to do an official training, otherwise, then it, you cannot focus in every person, you know? Yeah. Okay. And if I know correctly, you also, you have like a certificates in, uh, training in the gym, right? And not for the gym, you know, I have this one for the, that I mentioned before is the street workout trainer, which is from the streetworkout.com. So this is actually the certification I have. And besides that, I mean, when I was in Costa Rica, I actually have a certification because I was there starting to be a, a teacher for a high school, actually. So I have courses in um, didactics and pedagogy stuff and stuff like that, which 
I feel it helps a lot for being a trainer because when you're a trainer, you're a teacher, you know, and this, this helps a lot. So, um, these are the, the, the courses that I made. And besides that, I'm now also doing, um, a course from the, um, association from the street workout in calisthenics from Spain. So it's in Spanish and yeah, I'm doing it, uh, with them. Yeah. Amazing. So if like someone listening wants to uh, have like a lesson with you and they're far away, do you offer like online coaching as well? Yeah. I mean, actually at the moment I currently don't do it. Yeah. I, I am thinking to start doing it, but actually through my, because I have also a um, website, which is actually made for Costa Rica is a uh, called calistenia C or so like in, in Instagram, you can find it like this, calistenia.cr. And then I am going to start actually doing through this, through this uh, plat website or through this name, with this name. Because the idea is to do it for people which are in Costa Rica, you know, which maybe want to train with me. And then I will start doing it there. But that's going to come maybe one month or something like this. Um, but of course... It's not going to be exclusive only for the people in Costa Rica. It's going to be general also because I am doing a content in Instagram and also in YouTube. So every people who can see me from other countries can also uh, contact me and then do some uh, video coaching. Yeah. Okay, cool. So I'll put all the links in the description of the episode so people can yeah. contact you. Uh, I look forward to seeing extra content from you. Like I'm learning a lot. Perfect. Always excited to see. So yeah, Thanks. it was great to have you on here. Like, yeah. uh, sorry, I did this call on your birthday. Yeah. <laughs> no, you don't have to, to worry about it. I'm super happy. Actually, the day has been really productive today. I wake up at six in the morning, well, 5.45, go with a friend to, to the river. We jump into the oh, river. Nice. It was like 11 degrees <laughs> and then come back. And then now we are doing this. So it has been a really productive day and I like it a lot. And now that you're mentioning about the links and stuff like that, so just to mention then my Instagram also, that is where mostly I am more active and then it's Edu Ruiz Corrales and Ruiz with set. Yeah. So, yeah, there is where mostly I'm active. And if anybody will be interested of contact me or do some video coaching or whatever, they can contact me there. I swear I am more active. And I even have also my information there, like mail and number, so they can also contact me through this this site. And thanks a lot, actually, for for this uh, time time here. It's really nice talking about Thank this you, stuff. Yeah. And actually, yeah, from October I will be, I think, having less trainings because I want to go a little bit more around Switzerland. So probably we are going to see us. Yeah. Oh, great. If you come to Bern, yeah, I'll happily train with you. There's yeah. a few street workout parks here. So, yeah. so grateful. Thanks for joining today. We took a dive into your training routine, uh, the best ways to get strong, learn different static still skills. I learned a yeah. lot from you. You're a highly knowledgeable guy in this field So keep up the good work. Thank you. I'm glad that it helps. And yeah, thanks a lot for everything. Perfect, and I look forward to training with you soon, maybe. Sure, yeah, looking forward. Okay, ciao. And ciao.